Hello, and welcome back to the Procrastinator Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew B. Stein. I'm so glad you can join me for this fine, fine Sunday evening. I guess you're watching this on a Tuesday, probably. But uh, thank you for joining me. We got a lot planned for today. Uh, the The theme of this this week's episode is kind of pretty much just breakups. This past weekend, or this past week, I went through a breakup. Uh, it wasn't very heartbreaking, so don't so don't worry, don't don't stress. It was actually one of the most mutual and peaceful and amazing breakups, maybe in the history of the world. But uh, we're gonna delve into breakups a little bit and some famous breakups like the Beatles, Kim and Kanye, um, the weird breakup, the Colts in Baltimore. If you don't know what that is, that, that a very interesting story. They basically left under the, the the cover of night. Very weird thing to happen in professional sports. But like I said, theme of the episode is, is breakups. Also, we obviously got the corner flag talking about the NFC and AFC championship in football and also the upcoming Super Bowl in a week or two. But other than that, it's pretty much a run-of-the-mill episode. So, thank you very much for joining me, and let's get into the intro. Roll it. Hello, and welcome back to the Procrastinating Podcast. I am your host, Matthew Sign. As always, thank you very much for joining me. I really appreciate it. I hope you're doing well. It is currently 8.43 p.m. on Sunday, January 24th, but you're watching this on January 22nd. If you watched last week's episode, you'll know I have introduced a new segment onto the show called This Day in History. So, seeing as the day you're watching this, the day this is coming out, is January 26th, I thought we should delve into the history of January 26th a little bit. Now, in my research, my limited research, I didn't find anything crazy interesting or uh, nothing that stood out overwhelmingly above everything else. But one thing involving American politics that happened that was pretty interesting, in 1998, the famous uh, sneaky dick Bill Clinton, uh, he said infamously, let's see if I can, uh, I can hone this, uh, this Bill Clinton impression. Uh, let's, let's see how well I can do. Close your eyes and see if this sounds like Bill Clinton or not. And tell me. See, well, maybe, whatever. I, 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 did, I did not have sexual relations with that woman, Miss Lewinsky. If I say so myself, I feel like that was pretty spot on. I feel like that was pretty good. I've been practicing that for weeks and weeks and weeks. So I hope you, pre- I hope you, uh, uh, I hope it was good as I anticipated. Because I've, I've been putting in the hours, I've been grinding, I've been try- I'm doing my best to really master the Bill Clinton impression. Why, you may ask? Uh, no reason at all. I just really love Bill Clinton and his work. Um, even though he may have had a minor controversy in, in the Oval Office, maybe where him and Miss Lewinsky got down, down and dirty, got a little freaky, who knows. <laughs> Anyways... Another thing that went on in the history of January 26th, in 2014, Pope Francis, along with two children, released two doves from a window in the Vatican as a sign of peace for the world. And (laughs) it's funny that he released them as a sign of peace because they actually ended up getting attacked by a seagull and a crow. Luckily, neither of them were injured, or neither neither of them were killed. Only a few feathers were knocked, but uh, it's hard to think of a better microcosm of of today's political climate or, or social climate really in general. You try and do something that's based in good, has pe- peaceful intentions, and it gets torn down and feathers ripped out of the back of it uh, just because somebody was mad at it or somebody wanted to complain about it. Uh, it's weird how that works out. Uh, very, I'm surprised I hadn't heard about that before, but it's kind of funny that it also involves the Pope, the, the leader of the Catholic world, one of the largest populations in the world. Uh, I don't know why I'm rambling about this, but it happened in 2014, very interesting. Also, this is a January 26th, a famous birthday for the really 
for Paul Newman, who to me is kind of like the epitome of male coolness. He was a movie star in the 60s and 70s, for those of you that don't know. But as well as being a movie star, he was also a racing champion and had his own uh, uh, salad dressings and had now has like has his own cookie brand. It's really just like a whole entire food brand. Also has, like I said, acted in movies, also directed movies and won awards for both. Also won national championships in racing. Really just did the most. Did everything you would kind of want to do it seems he was a b- very beautiful as well had dreamy dreamy blue eyes like the like the 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 water in the caribbean just as blue as all get out uh definitely ladies man I, I saw pictures of him as he got older as he grew the beard and now i'm not gay i'm a very straight man but he is one of the most attractive people i've ever seen in my whole entire life uh, uh shame he's no longer with us he died in i believe like 2008 or 2007 uh, at the age of old but uh yeah Paul Newman, what a great guy, what a handsome lad. If you don't know who Paul Newman is, look him up. He's a, he's a legend in any facet. You ask anybody that knew him, he's an absolute legend. Uh, what a character. Speaking of absolute legends, unfortunately yesterday, now three days ago, but yesterday, the January 23rd, Larry King passed away, which is very upsetting. For those of you who don't know as well, Larry King was a TV personality for the longest time yeah oh larry king live was his talk show he's done some of the most famous interviews in, in, in the history of the world uh he's also a very distinct looking guy he's very very skinny has always been very very skinny had those suspenders that everybody i think knows and loves that like were super tight over his shoulders and as he got older his like it's I, I gotta put a picture on the screen but it's weird how his suspenders like it looked like they like pulled his shoulders down i don't know but uh, I, I remember heard in the, in the news a week or so ago that he had actually contracted COVID. And I, as soon as I heard that, I was like, oh, dear, that cannot be good. Just looking at the shape of him and thinking about and considering the fact that he's 87. It just a not not a good combination for toughing COVID, honestly, not a, not a good equation for success. And unfortunately, he did subdue to COVID and, and passed away. Uh, very sad moment, but uh, may he rest in peace. I should have prefaced it by saying he's most known for his role in B-Movie, the the ever-successful comedy classic B-Movie. But that's enough of this day in history or this time in history, I guess, now, because Paul or Larry King didn't really happen today, but whatever. Anyways, let's get right into the episode. So, this past week, I went through a change in my relationship status i should go on facebook and i should change it from uh, from in relationship to single so for those of you that don't know i've said that three times already but for those of you that don't know i did have a girlfriend for a long time we started dating in august of this past year late august like august 23rd or 24th and we dated all the way up until just a couple days ago but i came home I'm trying to think about how I should start this. Uh, so we started dating late August, and then we, I came home for Christmas, like November 18th or 16th, something like that. Sorry. I came home from Christmas, like November 18th or 16th, something like that. So then we just, I, we spent two months apart, uh, didn't really talk much, would FaceTime every now and then, send each other the occasional Snapchat or text if something weird happened, but we just didn't talk much because nothing really changed over that break. Like, we were both just sitting around being couch, potato, couch potatoes, uh, soaking up the winter sun, <laughs> uh, not doing much. So there wasn't really much to talk about. 
but uh, I don't know. I said but. There's nothing to add on to that. So that all happened. And when we were in Indianapolis, we just really would just hang out, watch movies, um, love on each other, just do typical relationship stuff. But sorry, I just got lost my train of thought. So we got back this Wednesday or this past Wednesday. And I went to go hang out with her because I haven't seen her in two months. So I'm, two months, so I very, very much wanted to see her. And I don't think I've said her name, but Jackie Bontrager. Uh, she was the girl I was dating. The first real relationship I've had, honestly, like the first official dating relationship I've had since probably freshman year of high school. Uh, <laughs> that was a very interesting relationship my freshman year. Oh boy, I, I was a, a wee lad. I did not know what he was doing. Uh, that was a wild time. Anyways, back to the present. I, I got back Wednesday and we got to hang out just because, like I said, we hadn't seen each other in two months, so I was very much looking forward to it. I remember when I was driving over there, I was weirdly nervous to see her just because it had been a while. But I got over there and obviously the tension went away immediately because I, I got to see uh, uh, Jackie Bontrager, a face I knew very well. And it was a great time. We, we hugged, we kissed, said hello, all that. Uh, and we hung out for a while. And then, did we go to eat? No, we had to go... We had to go to Goodwill to get her a shirt for her job. She now has a job at PetSmart. Go Jackie Bontrager, good for you. And after that, we just went back to her apartment and hung out for a while. Uh, nothing really happened. We were just chilling, you know, living, living the life. Just hanging out, letting the time pass by. And eventually got to a point where, yeah, you never want to hear this line, but it got to a point where she said the classic line, can I talk to you? And of course I said yes, because... Uh, forever compromiser, uh, meet you in the middle. I'll always open up for, up for a, d a discussion about whatever it may be. I, w I have opinions on everything. That's why I did this podcast because I have always have an opinion to give. But she said, can I talk to you? And of course I obliged. And she said, uh, and this is something I've never, that's never been brought up to me before. It's something I've, it's something I've never ever had to deal with. Never really thought I'd have to deal with in my life, but uh, I did. And that's normally how things go. You, life is pretty un unexpected. But she said to me, I feel like I'm bi. And I said, okay, how can I help you best access those feelings? How can I, how can I help you be the most Jackie Bond Traeger you can be? Because like I said, that's something I never thought I'd have to hear in my life. So I didn't really totally know what to, to, to say. And when she had initially said, can we talk? I was expecting something way worse than that. I expected her to like break up with me and to be dramatic and blah, 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 blah. But, but no, the ever professionals that we are, we handled it like adults and just talked, talked it out. So she mentioned it and we, we threw out the idea. I said, like, sorry, I'm getting a little jumbled here. So I said, how can I best help you, uh, identify those feelings or live out those feelings and we threw out the idea of an open relationship so where we would stay dating and still have our title or whatever but we could feel free to fool around with whoever we like uh and that's like that idea is appealing because having a girlfriend having like a home base is nice but we talked about it a little bit and it seemed the it would just be a little too complicated really is what it came down to it would get a little too messy because I don't know, it could be conflict of interest, and I feel like an open relationship can open the door to jealousy. Uh, it's just not a good combination, I, I don't think. I feel like it's it's really like a half step to breaking up, in my opinion, or at least in the context that we were talking about. But we weren't sure exactly what we wanted to do, because both of us like had the thought of breaking up, but didn't necessarily want to live it out, because we both 
do enjoy each other's presence. Uh, like I said, when we hang out, we mainly just chill and watch movies. Like, there's not much more we enjoy than spending time together and just hanging out and enjoying people's enjoying each other's company. That was what our relationship consisted of most, and neither of us wanted to lose that because we are important to each other. In, whether we talk a lot or not, we are important in each other's lives. So we tried to discuss through the politics, try and get things ironed out about what we wanted to do. But eventually we came to the decision that it's just best if we broke up, which is unfortunate, but uh, it was the healthiest decision for the, for the time. And I still think it is by far. Honestly, I can't believe how well it went. Uh, like, just when you picture a breakup in your head, it's typically pretty messy. At least there's some complications to it. But it just went so well. I don't know if it's because of who I am or because who she is or because who we are together, but it just went so well. And I don't even know how to describe it. It's just amazing to me. What I, sorry, I apologize. I just, I really can't believe it. I was, I was amazed. And also, I, when I told my friends about this, I told my friend Sarah about this, and she actually commended me for how I handled it and how I was very open to her, her feelings. And that wasn't even something that I considered. Uh, or I had considered the fact that a lot of, a lot of guys probably would handle that differently. I, as soon as she brought up the fact that she was bi and it was having uh, uh, controversial or mixed feelings about her, her sexual identity, which also, uh, admittedly, I, I could have seen her being bi just because that's the kind of vibe she has. It's the, it's the way she is, I guess. I don't know. I, 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 it's just understandable coming from her. And I wasn't surprised that surprised when she mentioned it to me. I was surprised, but like not blown out of the water, basically. But I... I Sarah really complimented me on how well I handled it and I didn't think much of it because it was to me is just whatever I was just being a good guy it's what I feel like anybody would do but like I said after she mentioned it it just kind of hit me like hmm maybe I did handle that differently like some people wouldn't take that so some people would honestly maybe get insulted by that guy because I remember in high school when I was an ignorant ignorant high schooler we there was a girl or a, a guy and a girl that were dating in our high school and they broke up. And then after that, that girl shortly became or, or quick, quickly shortly after became a lesbian. And obviously there's nothing wrong with that. But we we picked on or we didn't really know the guy. We just to each other. We picked up. We joked about that guy saying the relationship was so bad or he was so bad that she turned lesbian or whatever. Classic joke. Not really that funny, but people say it. And we said it as I said, like idiot high schoolers. And I never expected to be in that situation. And when I found myself in that situation, I didn't even think about it that way. I more thought about it immediately of this is interesting. Because I've never had, I don't think I'll ever have a sexual awakening in my life. That's a weird thing to say, but I don't think I'll ever have a sexual awakening. But if I did have one, I would want to go for it. I would want to see if that calling or whatever was correct. Obviously, you want to test the waters. It's like when you find out you're good at something. You want to test that skill and see how good you actually are at it. Which is a weird comparison, but it makes kind of sense. So, I guess in summary, I'm just really amazed and so happy with with how it turned out. I'm so that happened on Wednesday of last week, and I was driving around on Thursday just because I had time to kill. But I was driving around. I went to the Castleton Square Mall up in Fishers near Indy. It's like 25 minutes away from here. I don't know why I'm explaining that, but. 
I, I remember I was driving to the mall just for fun, and I was I was going I was cruising in the car. It was pretty nice. Day. It was like forty five degrees. It was pretty warm. At least it felt like it. And I was just so overwhelmingly happy, just like rocking out, getting just just getting hyped for no reason in my car, just like a big idiot. But I was having just I was in the best mood. I was so elated. Out. <laughs> I almost feel bad for how excited I was because I feel like you shouldn't be that excited after a breakup, but it just, it blows my mind. It just went so perfectly and smoothly and beautifully. It, it's beyond comprehension to me how well it went. And it's really all just credit to Jackie Von Traeger. She's an absolute saint. She's so nice. One of the dopest, chillest girls I've ever met and probably ever will meet. And that's, again, goes back to us saying we want to be in each other's life because we definitely do. I definitely want her in my life because of the way we re respond to each other, how we interact with each other. It's not something that I've really had in my life before, and it's really remarkable. And I was also, I was talking with one of my friends about the, about the breakup and about how it went. And I was thinking about how, let's say a, a situation like this would have happened when I was in high school, just four years ago when I was in high school. Obviously, I get it from January, from junior year of high school to junior year of college. You go through a lot of changes. You mature a lot. But the difference of how I would have handled it from then to now is so incredible. Because if I, if I, that did happen to me in high school, I probably would have been the typical guy that like got bothered by it or got uncomfortable with it or was thrown off by it in some way. But this time, when she brought it up to me, I was doors wide open what do you want to do how can i help you uh we even <laughs> it's funny at one point she she threw out the idea of a three-way relationship so like i'm dating her and then she's dating me and dating the other girl which would be a very interesting experience and kind of would be something i'm interested in but at the same time uh would be weird to navigate much like an open relationship there'd be some some politics going on there that would be hard to navigate it's really the best word uh, also, I, so since she is a girl that I'm interested, that is interested in girls, I said, you know, if you meet a pretty lady and she's, she's feeling me, we could make something happen. Maybe put some puzzle pieces together. Maybe get uh, the three of us involved or who knows? Uh, and she did, she, she was not opposed to that idea. So bucket list type deal if you, if you get what i'm saying if you get what i'm saying bucket list check that off that could be pretty basically what I, again in summary there's no better way this breakup could have gone it went so beautifully i still am in awe of how well it went it's all credit to jackie bontrager she is a great lady I, and we're still friends we're still gonna hang out she said we both agreed that we could call each other we could our relationship hasn't changed other than the fact that we can't call each other boyfriend and girlfriend. That's the only difference, which I don't know how it played out that way, but I'm so grateful it played out the way. Life is beautiful. Life is amazing. And just compare this episode to last week's episode, how I was so downtrodden and down on myself thinking, oh, I'm sad. I'm disorganized. I'm anxious. Yeah. Now I'm, I'm right where I'm supposed to be now. It's really incredible. I'm very happy. I kind of I kind of expected this to happen, to be honest with you. Because as I said, I was moving a lot. There there's some I was moving all of my clothes and everything. So not only were there moving parts there, but then there are other factors that were playing into it. 
But now that I have gotten back to school, as you can see with the background, long time, it's been two months. I put all my clothes up. It's behind you. You can't tell, but they're very organized. And even my, my shirts are color. Like it's, it's like a scale. It goes from white to black with the colors in between. It's really it's really incredible. I'm set up so well for this semester, and I'm so, I feel like I'm very prepared for it. Although I don't actually know. You never know until you get into it. But I feel pretty good right now. And we just gotta just gotta hunker down and really try and get through it. I really hope this is a very prosperous semester for me. I feel like it's going to be just how these past few days have gone. I've had a lot of time to myself. And as I've said to my family a lot of times, or just people, when I have time to myself, that's when I do my best work. Because I have to rely on myself. I can't just sit around and do, oh, I can just sit around and do nothing. But when I do sit around and do nothing, I just think, what what are we doing here, Matthew? What What is the purpose of all of this? Why are we doing this? What could we doing, be doing instead of this that is more productive and more helpful to the cause of my life? And then from there, I typically made a pre make a pretty sound decision and go work on homework or whatever else it may be. But, yeah, I, sorry, I forgot where I was going with that. I'm glad to be back. I had one of the greatest breakups in the history of the world. I love Jackie Bond Traeger very much. Can't believe it went that well. Oh boy. Single Matthew's back, basically. Single Matthew's back. And things are going to get interesting, things are going to get exciting, and I'm looking forward to it. Things, if I'm full disclosure, not full disclosure, but semi-full disclosure, things have already been pretty interesting. And they're only going to get more interesting. So, uh, let's see what happens. Okay, speaking of breakups, now, I obviously, I'm, I'm a self-proclaimed famous person. As you all know, I have this huge podcast, some might say bigger than the Joe Rogan podcast, of a massive audience of approximately 25 consistent viewers. Thank you to all 25 of you watching this, by the way. I really appreciate you. Uh, if you're watching this right now, please subscribe to my channel. Turn on notifications, so click the bell right by the subscribe, subscribe button. Also, follow me on Instagram, at The Procrastinated Podcast. That's where I post when all the new episodes come out. And turn off notifications on that as well, because it only had, that page only has like 60 followers, so it doesn't really show up on a lot of people's followers page. I've even noticed that on my own Instagram. I'll see the post one time, and then if I don't like interact with it, it's gone. So please go follow me on Instagram as well. I would really appreciate it. At the Procrastinated Podcast. Uh, turn on post notifications, all that stuff. Engage with the post if you can, if you want to. Obviously, if you want to do none of that stuff, and I don't expect you to do any of that stuff, that's cool too. It's whatever. Uh, you're just kind of fake. That's all. But back to me being a famous person. So my breakup infamous immediately straight off the bat one of the most famous breaks up, breakups in the history just because of who i am and who i am and my name notoriety but speak keeping on the subject of breakups i thought it would be fun if we delve into some other famous breakups i focused on two in particular the beatles breaking up and the baltimore colts leaving uh, baltimore and i did a little bit of research on these just to get some background so we can actually have a conversation about them because i've realized in the past episodes, or the past 22 episodes, or however long, I struggle to have a direction, or I'll just ramble instead of giving information. And if I give information, it then benefits the, I think benefits you more. Hopefully, it's more interesting to actually learn something rather than just get Matthew Stein's opinion on something. You get, you can potentially gain something from this. And that's why people watch videos or watch podcasts because they, they hope to gain something, whether that's a laugh, information, 
uh, see something interesting, whatever it is, they, they, there should be uh, some incentive to the product. And currently there isn't really one. But I was thinking with this deep dive into the Beatles breakup and the Baltimore Colts leaving Baltimore, I could potentially add some, you could learn a little bit basically. So without further ado, let's dive right in to the Beatles breakup. So the Beatles are one of the most famous bands of all time. They started in the late 50s, ended in the late 60s, in 69 to be exact. So I, when I was growing up, I used to read a series of books called like, uh, maybe I'll show some pictures of them on the, on the screen, but who is like, who are the, who were the Beatles? Who is Thomas Jefferson? Who is Abraham Lincoln? Who is Peyton Manning? Whatever. And the art was very distinct. It was obviously the person, whoever they were talking about, and they had their bodies really small and then their heads really big. And it was like half cartoony, half learning book. And they're really, they were pretty easy to read. I, I've never been much of a reader, but I'm being totally honest, never been much of a reader. But those books, those books were concise yet entertaining enough for me to keep reading them. So I actually got to learn some pretty interesting information out of them. One of the ones I mentioned was Who Were the Beatles? I read that book at least once or twice. And I remember after reading that book, I then subsequently uh, ordered, rented, rented, rented other books from the library to learn more about the Beatles, which is one of the rare things that I actually followed up on to learn more about. And I, actually, I remember I actually ended up bonding with one of my best friend's mom, Tracy Stewart. Shout out to Tracy Stewart if you're watching this. I, I bonded with her over the Beatles. I remember I told her when George Harrison died. And I'm gonna get it wrong now, but I'm gonna say, oh, I'm definitely gonna get it wrong now. I was gonna, I was gonna say October twenty fifth, two thousand, but I don't think that's right at all. I know John Lennon died in eighty five. Let's see when George Harrison died. If you do, for those of you that might not know, because a lot of people actually don't know who the four Beatles are, they are the two most famous ones: Paul McCartney and John Lennon. John Lennon, as I mentioned, died in eighty five. And then the two less lesser known ones, George Harrison and Ringo Starr. Ringo Starr was the drum, drum, drummer, dr drumist, drummer, drummerist, whatever. And George Harrison was another backup guitar player who played bass or whatever else they needed him to play, basically. When did George Harrison die? Sorry, I kind of abandoned that. But those are the four members. And then later on came Yoko Ono, but we'll get into that a little bit. George Harrison died on, yeah, okay, I was wrong. George Harrison died on November 29th, 2001 in Los Angeles, California. Now let's go John Lennon and see when he died. He might be the um, October death. One second. He died. Okay, I'm just totally wrong. Just ignore anything I've said. I'm totally wrong across the board. He died on December 8th, 1980. Not even 1985. Wow, that's impressively bad almost. But in talking about back up back to the breakup of the Beatles, I, in my little research that I did and the, the additional research compared to what I learned about way long ago, I I got I watched a couple of YouTube videos basically just to see some clips of interviews. And Paul McCartney was on a couple of years ago. He was on the Howard Stern show. And Howard Stern, who's a fantastic interviewer by the by the way, one of the most famous voices of radio of all time, if not the most famous, but. He asked Paul exactly why did they break up or said nobody knows quite knows why they break up or he said there was some speculation about it and Paul said oh no I know how we broke up and John or Paul actually put the, the, the blame directly on John Lennon and said oh it was John 
he didn't really delve much into why, but he said it was John. John felt like it was time for to break up. He said they had a meeting. They all got together, and and John said, "I'm leaving the band," and that was that. Now a lot of people have speculated that it was Yoko Ono that she had some factor in it, and because she would she would actually go. She was the first person that would go to the studio and sit on their recordings and actually be not involved but be around when they were recording. So imagine when that started happening, happening, there was definitely a change in the chemistry within the Beatles. And I actually watched a clip of the Dick Cavett show. For those of you who don't know, that was a really old late night. I, mean, I don't even know if it was late night, but it's a really old talk show. And when I, first off, little sidebar about the, the Dick Cavett show. I was watching it and I wish talk shows like that were like they are now. Uh, back then, because he was having a legitimate conversation with them, with them about the their lives and what was going on. He was trying to be serious, and it was serious, and everybody was taking it serious, and it was a, a genuine conversation. Yeah, they'd have little tidbits and, and have little jokes here and there to keep it lighthearted, but generally it was a pretty, like, not hefty, but solid conversation. Whereas now, it's just Jimmy Fallon saying one word, and as soon as the uh, his guest says something, he just <laughs> starts laughing. Back then, it was much more of an actual talk show. They had conversations. I even saw clips from the Dick Cavett show of like Muhammad Ali and Jim Brown talking with some really racist senator about rights and, and civil rights and all of that stuff. And that stuff just doesn't really happen on TV at all anymore, which is really almost upsetting. I think it's good to get people like that who are on opposite sides of the aisle to sit down and talk, especially in front of a large audience like that. That is something that I think our world could really benefit from. Obviously, if that were to actually happen, it would be like the presidential debate and be hyper-analyzed like crazy. But I still think that would be good because a product... Obviously, I'm getting really into it in a rabbit hole here, but I'm going to keep going with it. A big part of the problem, I think, of, of my... Again, we're going back to my opinion. My opinion on the world is there's not enough conversation, especially in American politics. It's so much more, this is my team. I'm going to stick with my team. Who who gives a fuck what your team says? I'm going to just stick with my team because I know they got my back. But that's not the way it should go. That's not the way it should go. We should have conversations. We should sit down. We should look each other in the eyes. We should we should feel each other's energy. We should We should feed off each other in some way or another. Have a conversation. Actually listen to each other's opinions. Learn from them and try and build off of them. I'm going to botch this quote, but Neil deGrasse Tyson famously said, to surround themselves, to surround oneself with like-minded like opinions is to make one blind. I definitely, I think I spiced that up and made it a little too fancy, but that's the gist of it. To surround your people with, with the same opinions as you is to make yourself blind. You're not exposed to anything new at that point. You're not learning anything new. And I think if people were to actually have these conversations about civil rights or whatever, and if it came from powerful voices like human activists, and, and celebrities that have influence in the world, I think we could see maybe not a lot of change, but I could see we could see a better understanding of each other. And that's where things really stem from, I feel nowadays, is a misunderstanding between both, I say both sides, but that's just in politics, because there are not really any sides when you broaden it beyond politics, or there are a whole bunch of sides, either way. See, rabbit hole. Just got a, a deep down rabbit hole just because of the Dick Cavett show. Anyways, let's let's rewind and get back to the Beatles. So, 
on the Dick Cavett show, John Lennon said he knew why they break, broke up. And keep in mind, this is in 1971, just two years after they had broken up. So this was still pretty fresh and definitely still in the minds of most people in America. Or across the world, even, not even just in America, because they were the biggest band, perhaps, in the history of the whole entire world. But John said that they were just naturally drifting apart, that uh, because of the way of the machine or whatever it was, they had just they were just naturally drifting apart, and it was just a, a way of the world that was going to happen regardless. And then Yoko actually piggybacked off of that and said, when you have four highly talented, highly creative individuals, it's hard for them to coexist in the same area for a long time. And I think it's interesting to think about what John Lennon said compared with what Paul McCartney said. John said they, they were just drifting apart, and Paul said it was John's fault, or at least John's decision. I don't know if he would use fault, but John's decision. And I was thinking about it after after doing my short little research, and I feel like the difference in opinion there may be exactly the reason why they broke up. And it could be because Yoko was an influence. Yoko could have been in, in John's ear saying, everybody's on a different path now. We're all, th every, we're thinking differently. We have, we have different goals than they do, or you have different goals than they do. And I think perhaps that opinion in, in his ear could have influenced his opinion or his decision to then leave the band. And because of him hearing that and not wanting to identify it, I think as Yoko, Yoko's influence or whoever's influence, I could see him convincing himself that they were just drifting apart and that was the true cause of it. And at the same time, I could also see Paul's opinion that, or at least going off this explanation, that Paul is just blaming John Lennon for it because it was John's idea. John's the one that made it happen. And I don't know if Paul would disagree with the fact that they drifted apart because I would imagine that that is definitely true in some semblance. And I bet they're both right in their own different ways. But I think just just thinking about how each of them would perceive the moment, because John is the one that actually left, and and Paul and George and Ringo were still wanted to be still wanted the Beatles to be a thing. I, I could see that like that makes sense to me. That makes sense that there would be a mis that, that a misunderstanding could stem from that. Basically, is what I'm trying to get at. And. I didn't realize, because I did a little bit of extra research, I didn't realize, so, as I mentioned, to me, the Beatles are the biggest band to ever exist, ever in the history of the entire world. No, no other band in my head is even as close to as big as they were, just because of, I don't know if this is true, but in my head, they are the first band to go internationally blown to the stratosphere famous. And... One person who is incredibly famous, obviously in his own in own right, one of the most famous people in the world, in the history of the world ever, Elvis Presley. Uh, Paul McCartney in an interview, actually I believe it might have been that same interview, or not. Actually, I don't believe it was that same interview. But he talked about meeting Elvis Presley for the first time, and he said that, he mentioned that they kind of dethroned Elvis in a way, because Elvis was the was the new hotness when rock and roll first came out. He had the slick back hair. He was beautiful, all this. He had the good looks. He was in the army. All the ladies loved him. And then the Beatles were like, hello, mate. We British. That was really Australian. <laughs> hello, mate. Still Australian. Um, hello. That's better, I guess. <laughs> they, they, he mentioned they kind of 
kicked him off his perch. They they took the spot as the new hotness, as the biggest, the big dogs in the music world. And that really struck me because, like I said, I thought they were the biggest in the, the biggest ever. I thought they were the end all be all. But the fact that they were then starstruck by Elvis Presley really speaks to the volume that he had and the influence that he had. And I didn't even really know. I, I don't know if that's because of the people I was around and they weren't big Elvis fans or whatever it was. The people that raised me, they weren't big Elvis fans. I don't really know. But I just, I never have understood Palmer or Paul McCartney's. I never understood Elvis's influence and his sheer popularity. I, I, I'm not particularly, I guess just, I have, I just have never researched it. I never read the Who Was Elvis Presley book. I wouldn't be surprised if there was one and I just didn't read it, but... That surprised me. He also said, fun fact, that Elvis Presley had the first ever uh, TV remote that he'd ever seen. Because he said he truly was the king. Because he could he could sit away from his TV and click the remote and it would change the channel. You didn't have to go up to the, to the TV set and change the channel. Uh, which is crazy to think about, just the way times have changed. But also, I thought it was cool that it felt like, to, even to Paul McCartney, it felt like Elvis Presley had some technology that they didn't have, that they weren't aware of, that they didn't even know existed, or they hadn't been introduced to yet. Uh, it, it was pretty funny to me. I don't know. I really like the Beatles. I'm a big fan. Paul McCartney's my favorite. He's the he's the cute boy. He was always the cute boy. Uh, I've watched a lot of documentaries about them. I remember when, when I was going through my tough time at the end of my senior year, my English teacher had a a book from the Beatles in, in her room. I, I, I loved reading it just because it had, had a bunch of Ringo's old pictures. Because he always took pictures. And it was just crazy to see the lives they lived and how... So when we think of the modern day boy band, you probably think of like One Direction or... <sighs> That's for some reason the only one I can think of right now. NSYNC, Backstreet Boys, whoever else. There's a number, five seconds of summer. You could come up with a whole bunch of them. But when you... <laughs> And when I, when I think about the original cutie boys, the, 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 the bowl hair, the, the Justin Bieber hair before Justin Bieber, basically, it's the Beatles. They set the tone for boy, boy bands for the rest of the world. And they really will live on forever, obviously, because they're the original boy band. They set so many records. It's incredible. They broke so many, like, number one records, so many, like, weak span at number one records just blew everything out of the water. Nothing will ever surpass it. And because of that reason, that's why a lot of people like me love them so very much because of their sheer influence and power and change on the music industry as a whole. They created their own their own studio and own record label and everything. I don't know if they're the first to do that, but I know Apple Records is one of the most famous Apple or record brands in record labels in the world. Maybe not most used, but most well-known. And the Apple Studios in London, I know are really, really famous as well. And also, this is my own personal connection to the Beatles, but they're from Liverpool. And Liverpool actually happens to be the soccer team that I support the most and the team that I love the most. And perhaps my actual now favorite sports team, which is weird to, to admit that my favorite sports team is a soccer team. But that is the case. And even more in my research, Paul McCartney admitted that he is both an Everton fan and a Liverpool fan. And I know you don't. some of you don't understand this. Being an Everton fan, these are both soccer teams. Being an Everton fan and a Liverpool fan is essentially being a Yankees fan and a Red Sox fan. It's just not allowed. Or it's like being a, an LA Clippers fan and an LA Lakers fan. Two teams in the same city, you can't be a fan of both. It's just not how it goes. But he said 
He was raised an Everton fan, which obviously you got to respect because being raised as a fan, it, it molds who you are in your opinion. But he did say when they were when they were the new hotness in the 60s and 70s, which was when Liverpool was arguably at its best in the history, or at least in one of its best times in history for sure. The, the Liverpool manager and fans and players really adopted them and loved them very much because they're from Liverpool. So he's a Liverpool and an Everton fan at the same time and he said he gets away with it he gets special discretion for uh for that which i'm inclined to agree with him he is an, he is officially knighted by the queen which is obviously one of the highest honors in the world if there was that's actually on my bucket list as well if there was one thing i could do that i actually physically can't do it would be knighted by the queen because as far as i know i don't think people that are not uk citizens can get knighted but hey queen add you to the list of famous people that watch this podcast Queen Elizabeth, if you're watching, hook your boy up. Give me that sword on both my shoulders, and and and, and I can become Sir Matthew B. <laughs> I think everybody would like that. I wonder if there's some power that comes with being a knight. Probably not. I bet you just got mad respect in in the UK. Then everybody just gives you a fist bump every time they see you. That's that's the rule. Where am I going with this? I don't really know. Like let's let's delve into some other famous breakups. So I mentioned last week or last week. Last week or the week before, Kim and Kanye, they actually filed for divorce recently. Very, very sad. Uh, I've actually, I still cry about it to this day. It really, it really gets me. Kanye is somebody that, so John Lennon said that the Beatles are bigger than God. Kanye thinks he is a God. Kanye thinks he was born a God. He's meant to be a God. He is a God deep down in his heart. Uh, so they're kind of similar in that way, I guess. Um... They broke, but anyways, Kim and Kanye and him broke up. That's very sad. Filed a divorce. Rip. Another one. We got some two teenage heartthrob couples here. Pete Davidson and Ariana Grande. One of the more controversial and weird breakups in history because it, it came after, uh, unfortunately, Mac Miller passed away. Very weird. I, I also very much look up to Pete Davidson just because he like, he kind of models the, the skinny white boy uh, aesthetic. He, he kind of, perfected it with with i could do without the mental illness part but he he, he perfected the this tall skinny wide boy method which is one i'm a personal fan of and have invested a lot of time into so i respect him for for doing it at the highest level it's like it's like i'm saying i honor an nba player i respect him for being for really paving the way for tall skinny white men because we haven't had we haven't been given enough in this life i really feel like the tall, skinny white men are hated on too much in this world, and Pete Davidson is really doing a lot for rights within white males. I'm obviously joking. I've been given every every sense of privilege. And when you think of the word privilege, might as well just look at me. I've been given a lot of privilege in my life by being a tall, white male. Uh, <laughs> anyway, moving on to another handsome white male, Justin Bieber. What a guy. What a cutie boy. The original, The original modern teenage heartthrob, kind of. Justin Bieber and Selena, one of the hardest breakups for me to personally take in my whole entire life. I remember I, I heard about when they first broke up when I was with my sister and we were, for us, it was really one of those where were you moments. We were, we were at home watching TV, you know, just normal, normal things, normal sibling, sibling things. She may have been doing homework. I don't remember exactly, but we were at home and my mom ran in the room and, and, and said, she put her hands on her, on her shoulders and she said, guys. I want you to sit down before you hear this. It's gonna be hard to take, but oh boy, I can't. I can't know. I don't know if I can tell. Maybe I should get your father in here. Maybe I should. 
anyways, Justin Bieber and Selena Gomez broke up. And then, for that moment, all hell broke loose. Me and my sister were throwing things around the house, crying, sobbing, throwing things, and then just falling to the ground, heartbroken. My world then turned upside down. I could, I, I could not picture the world without Selena and Justin together. But, lo and behold, things did get better, believe it or not. I, I, that may have been the lowest point in my life, to be honest, when Justin and Selena broke up. I may never forget, forgive Justin Bieber for doing such a horrible thing. But uh, that's one of the more more famous breakups in recent history, I guess. There, there you go. <laughs> I don't know. I, I couldn't tell you. Moving on to a more famous but not more famous at all breakup. And more sports related because I wanted to throw one sports one in there because there are quite a good, quite a few good famous sports breakups. But uh, one of my personal favorites and it's kind of close to home because it involves the Colts. But the Col the Colts and Baltimore, the Colts, the Indianapolis Colts used to be the Baltimore Colts. I don't even know when they moved to be honest. Um, here I'll, I'll figure that out. But the Baltimore, the Indianapolis Colts used to be the Baltimore Colts. They were in Baltimore near DC. And they did one of the more sneaky things in all of sports history. The owner of the Baltimore Colts, excuse me, the owner of the Baltimore Colts at the time, Robert Ursay, he wanted a new stadium or wanted to move. And the city of Baltimore obviously did not want him to do that because the, the, the football team was actually pretty, pretty successful. I believe they won a Super Bowl. And Baltimore loves their football. Baltimore, Baltimore is a very much a city of of pride. They take a lot of pride in who they are. Baltimore has a, this strong Baltimore identity, basically. So the city of Baltimore actually tried to stop them from from moving by by claiming eminent domain. I gotta be totally honest. I don't know what that is. Maybe I should have done the research to figure out what that is, because then we could both learn about it. But uh, I, I didn't. Sorry. So they moved. They moved. From Baltimore to Indianapolis on March 28th, 1984. So a lot of, and there have been times in the past where a lot of franchises have moved from city to city from for a number of reasons. The Charlotte Hornets, or I don't remember their name, but they moved from New Orleans to, Char to play in Oklahoma after Hurricane Katrina. Sometimes teams just move cities for a better market or for a better fan, fan base or whatever, any number of factors. Like, the Raiders moved to Las Vegas this past year and built a billion-dollar stadium just because of the sheer money. That's typically what drives it, especially nowadays. It's always just money. But back then, he wanted to get he wanted to get out of get out of Baltimore. I'm not exactly sure what the reason why it was, but Robert Ursay, in his infinite wisdom, had the bold idea and brave idea to move during the cover of night, under the cover of night, because you know this is Viet Cong and we're trying to sneak up on the enemy and get the hell out of Dodge. I think that's the second time I've said that this episode. <laughs> but he had two potential cities he was looking at. Phoenix and Indianapolis. Phoenix all the way out in the, in the dry, dry desert. And Indianapolis, the crossroads of America. The heart of America. Go Indiana. Blah, 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 blah. Originally, he agreed, he had agreed to deal with Phoenix. <clears throat> I apologize. He agreed with, a, with Phoenix for a deal to move the team out there. And it looked like it was going to go through. But... Uh, after hearing about the problems that the, Bal the city of Baltimore had with the team leaving and the, and the issues they had with that, 
Phoenix then canceled the deal and decided to not go through with it, which then led Robert Ursay kind of out to dry. He pretty much either had to go to Indianapolis or get stuck in Baltimore again, which he definitely did not want to do. So he quickly got in touch with the city of Indianapolis and said, hey, I, I know we've been talking about this, this Colts thing. The door's open. Let's get something done. They hammered out a deal and they got it done. And shortly thereafter, Jim Ursay was like, all right, moving the team. So this is where it gets interesting, because as I mentioned, they moved under the cover of night. Not only did they move under the cover of night, but with the moving they moving team they used, which was funnily funny enough named the Mayflower Moving Company, also the name of the the ship that the original Pilgrims came over on in sixteen seventeen or whatever year that was, which makes sense you would name a shipping company that, but I think it's funny that the Colts used a moving a, a moving company of the same name as the as the original rock the pilgrims moved on it just is weirdly fitting anyways they used the mayflower moving company to move from their headquarters in baltimore to indianapolis during nighttime and one of the guys that worked for mayflower moving company he happened to be a college just a college kid at the university of maryland he was in the sigma chi fraternity which actually has a sigma chi actually has a number of famous nfl alums such as famous coach mike ditka he was a Sigma Chi. Anyways, just letting you know that the Sigma Chi blood runs deep. So, as I mentioned, they had one of the associates for Mayflower Moving Company was, was a Sigma Chi at the University of Maryland. And he decided, because they needed a bunch of hands to move all of the stuff that was in the Baltimore headquarters or whatever, you want, I don't even know what the building was called, headquarters, training facility, whatever it was. They needed a whole bunch of hands to get it moved out as fast as, as, fast as there as possible, hopefully do it in one night. So he decided to call a bunch of his frat bros and said, or, and said, hey, you guys want to come help move, move the team? Let's, uh, or you guys want to help move? I don't even know if he said move with the team. Just move, help me with this moving project. Eventually they showed up. One of the guys said, because I saw a, a YouTube video from Fox Sports about this or NFL and Fox, something like that, talking about this incident. And they were interviewing some of the Sigma Chi guys that worked there. And one of the guys said, he wasn't aware of what they were doing until they got on some specific road and they realized, oh, we're moving the Baltimore Colts. And when they showed up, they said there was 13 moving trucks, 13 of them. That's a whole lot of them, you know, if you don't understand. I I haven't had to move. I had to move a couple times in the past couple years for my one or not a couple times. I, I guess a couple once for my mom and once for my dad. One of them was very painful and one of them was very easy. Moving is typically, typically very painful. And I imagine when you have... One, you're trying to leave, leave under the cover of darkness and get out there as fast as possible. Also, you have just a bunch of random frat bros moving your stuff. That would be so hectic. They, they uh, In that interview that I watched, they said that at one point, uh, the stealing got out of, got out of all out of whack. They, so they did have one Lombardi trophy. That's what you get for winning the Super Bowl. And one guy said he was eyeing up the box and watching it packed away and was thinking... Well, if I watch it, when it goes to the truck, I could just take it and move it elsewhere. And it could just be one of those classic moving snafus where it's just gone. Uh, which, stealing a Lombardi trophy would not only be a crime, but would be one of the biggest moves. Or I would be, I, I, I would be tempted to do the same thing, basically, is what I'm getting at. Uh, and if, if any of you have ever moved, you know that it is so easy to lose something in the move. It just like it happens naturally and you can't even really do anything about it. It's almost imminent that you're going to lose at least one thing. Imagine you're an NFL team and the one thing you lose is your one championship trophy. 
be quite a loss, but also quite a story for that guy to share forever and ever about saying, I have the Baltimore Colts trophy. Although I imagine after they realized that he had it, they would have quickly shut it down and ran it down and got it from him. Anyways, still a great story. And to even be able to say that you helped move the Colts is an incredible story on its own. That is a major sports moment in history. Moving a franchise from one city to another under the cover of darkness, basically trying to make it like a heist. Robert Ursay tried to make it as sneaky as possible. Uh, and they even said, adding to the further, furthering the heist part of it, when they were leaving the city or DC, whatever, I don't even know where Baltimore is, Pennsylvania, Virginia, something like that. When they were crossing state state lines, they actually, all of the trucks took different routes so the cops couldn't stop in the state border. So they were really trying to get out there, get out of there. And the city was, or the state was really trying to stop them. Uh, I, I really think it's kind of funny how much of a uh, debacle it became, I guess, or how much of a plot it really became. It really was like a heist. They were really trying to get out of there. I don't know why. I wonder really what the real reason was. I wonder if it was just money, but... Uh, they ended up doing it, and this is really one of the most interesting and funny stories to me in sports history, and definitely one of the tougher breakups, or at least more entertaining breakups in sports history by far. Let's see what else there is. Uh, oh, they did, along with them trying to steal things, or the people trying to steal things, at one point, because the stealing got out of hand, like people were taking a whole bunch of stuff, or were about to, uh, eventually the, I don't know who it was, the cult workers or whoever's in charge of the move said, Okay, you can take whatever you can hold. So, that, or whatever you can wear. <laughs> like, I would definitely try and take a bunch of authentic jerseys or something. I don't know. I would take as much as I possibly could. I don't even, if, if you're not taking the Lombardi trophy, you got to try and take something interesting, whether it's like the Johnny Unitas' jock strap or something. <laughs> you got to try and get something interesting. I don't know exactly what it would be, but I feel like you got to. Something that would maybe people scratch their heads or be like, what, you have that? That exists? I don't know. Uh, I don't think I have much else, but since we're in the neighborhood of sports, we might as well just move on to the corner flag. So roll the intro. Oh, wait, there's not an intro for the corner flag. So let's get right into it. So today is Sunday, January 24th, is the day of the NFC and AFC championship in the NFL. And the Bucks and the Packaneers, Packaneers, the Buccaneers and the Packers played earlier today, and the Buccaneers ended up winning 31-26. Apparently, there was a very controversial call at the end of the game that the Packers should have, either Aaron Rodgers should have ran in for a touchdown, or they should have just uh, gone for it on fourth down instead of kicking a field goal, which ended up losing, the, losing them the game. But you live and you learn. I really thought the Packers were going to win this one, honestly, just because they've been playing incredible fo football recently. But, much like Thanos... Tom Brady is inevitable. Tom Brady, how many Super Bowls has Tom Brady been in? Does anybody know? How many Super Bowls for Tom Brady? Tom Brady is now, or he has six Super Bowls. He's been in the Super Bowl nine times. So this will be his 10th time in the Super Bowl, which is nine times is already more than anybody else in history. He has so many playoff records. He's like, he's like LeBron James if LeBron had a better finals record, basically. As much as it pains me to say Tom Brady's the undeniable goat. Sure, sure. <laughs> yeah, I I can't even get the words out. He's the undeniable goat. He's about to have seven Super Bowls, honestly. I, because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, for the first time in history, are actually going to host be in the Super Bowl and host it because the, the the Super Bowl is in Tampa, so they're playing a home Super Bowl. First time that's ever happened. 
I think just think when a situation like that arises, it's hard to to say no to it. What? I think it's hard. It'd be hard for them to lose because it is just a home game for them, and also there's going to be twenty five thousand or fans in the stands. I think, which actually with seventy five hundred of them being healthcare workers that are actually getting free tickets, which I think is pretty cool. Good on the NFL for that. But with the, those uh, things being considered, the fact that Tampa Bay are being the first team to host a Super Bowl and play in it, and it's it would be Tom Brady's first Super Bowl since leaving the Patriots, or not on the Patriots, if they win it, I could see him retiring, because that'd be kind of, it'd be like if when Peyton Manning retired after the, winning the 50th Super Bowl. It's just like the perfect cap off. You kind of just got to drop the mic and get out of there. And, I mean, I could see Tom Brady coming back just because that seems like the kind of guy he is. But also, I could definitely see him just hopping out and being like, I'm out of here. You already know my record. You know what I've done. Look at my resume. I'm the greatest quarterback of all time. Undisputed. Get me out of here. I'm peacing out. You can deal with my legacy. But we'll just have to see what happens. I, I, let's see what the, the score of the Bills game is right now. The Because the Bills and Chiefs are the other game. Oh boy. All right. So the Chiefs are going back to the Super Bowl, it looks like. Because the Chiefs are currently up 38 to 15 with four minutes left in the fourth quarter. So they're definitely going to the Super Bowl. So we are having a Chiefs Buccaneers Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes, new money versus Tom Brady, old money. Uh, it's going to be an interesting showdown. We'll see. I, I, if, if my bet, if you're taking my bet right now, I'm putting my, all of my money on the Buccaneers and Tom Brady. He's just too evergreen. He's too evergreen. I don't see him losing to Patrick Mahomes, although they're an incredible football team. So really, I think it might be an incredible game. Okay, moving on. Another thing that happened in sports. Poirier versus McGregor, UFC fight. Uh, this is a very big UFC fight that happened last night. Uh, to be honest, I don't have much information to share with you about it. I'm not really that much in UFC, but it's a major thing and people talk about it and people care about it. So I figured I'd mention it. McGregor not, got knocked out in the second second round. First time he'd ever been knocked out, knocked out in his life. It was a major event. Oh boy, yada yada. I don't really care. Mesut, Mesut Ozil, he left Arsenal. The Mesut Ozil era at Arsenal is over. Uh, very sad. He had one of the greatest seasons in Premier League history in 2015-16. He had 19 assists in the Premier League, 16 in the first half, which is incredible. If he had only kept that pace on for the rest of the season, he would have had nearly an assist in every single game, which would have been absolutely remarkable. Also in, in, in soccer world, Liverpool end a 68-game unbeaten streak in the Premier League at home. After a 1-0 loss to Burnley, that hurt. It really hurt. Origi, Divock Origi missed a wide-open one-on-one that he should have finished. So at the very least, it should have been a draw. But I imagine if we would have got that goal, we probably would have gone on to win. Uh, it's tough. Liverpool have been really struggling recently. We we need a centre-back so bad. We need really need a lot. But we need a centre-back really is the, is the main thing. So I mentioned Larry King passed away. Unfortunately, all, somebody who also is an icon who passed away is Hank Aaron, Henry Hank Aaron, who personally, for me, he, he has the home run record for 755 home runs. For me personally, is still my home run champion. I don't believe in Barry Bonds' record. I think Barry Bonds cheated. You heard it here first. I know you're watching Barry. Sorry to call you out like that, but Barry Bonds, I think he cheated, bro. I think Harry, Henry Hank Aaron is the official leader in home runs and should be still to this day. Alas, he is not, because Barry Bonds is a big, fat cheater. But that's the way the cookie crumbles, I guess. Rest in peace, Hank Aaron. Um, and empowered me to be great. I, I, I don't have anything to say about, this, about that. Uh, 
But now, moving on to everybody's favorite closing segment of every podcast, or of your favorite podcast, mine, is the feel-good article. Here's your sink, Matthew. I just, you're scrolling on the screen right now. Yeah, whatever, whatever. So, starting off the bat, I got a, I got an interesting, a really interesting one. I don't know if any of you are interested in folklore, but a piece of folklore is Bigfoot. Oklahoma bill would establish a Bigfoot hunting season. An Oklahoma state representative introduced a bill that would establish a hunting season for one of the state's most infamous species of alleged native wildlife, Bigfoot. Now, I'm not sure Bigfoot existed, obviously, but I feel like Bigfoot definitely existed at one point, whether in the past or in the future or now. I don't know. I would assume in the past. I would think he'd be much more like the dinosaur era. Like a couple weeks ago, I saw a picture of an old sloth or an old, yeah, old sloth or something like that that looked very much like Bigfoot. So I could I could see the similarities. Whether or not it's alive still now is, is up for debate. I definitely don't think it would be in Oklahoma. There have also been a lot of sightings in the Northwest and like the Oregon, uh, Washington area. I think that's a much more likely setting for Bigfoot to live in with big, huge trees and thick wilderness just makes more sense for him to live there, really, honestly. So I don't know why they, this law is being established in Oklahoma. I don't feel like he would really be in Death Valley. I don't feel like that's Bigfoot's landscape. But I'm not Bigfoot, so what do I know? Now, this one, my parents have been pestering me to get a job. I need to get a job. And here's a potential job opportunity. Company seeking paid candyologist to taste candy. Now, myself, as a kid, I was very much a sugar lover. I loved my glucose. Deep, deep, I loved it all over my teeth. Give me all those cavities. Very good for you. But this is a very interesting opportunity, and I'm very much interested. A Canadian company is seeking full-time and part-time candyologists to serve as taste editors for the company's confections. Candy Funhouse, based in Missis Mississauga, Ontario, so the remote working positions offer $47 an hour to sample and review some of the company's 3,000 candy and chocolate treats. Candidates should have enthusiasm and eagerness to work in confe with confectionery products. The job posting states, we are looking for honest and objective opinions on the products that will be tested. Applications are being accepted online. I honestly should apply to this. I don't know why. I, I think I definitely should apply to this. $47 an hour, which is crazy. Uh, this, for Christmas, I actually got the Bean Boozled jelly beans that for those of you who don't know what they are it's like half of them are good half of them are bad and i got canned dog food is one of the ones and it was one of the grossest things i've ever tasted so if this job is anything like that i'm not interested in it but if it goes how i think it goes in my head where they're just giving me like the new kinds of candy they're trying and seeing how good they are sign me up i will um, i will gobble that all down all day long i love candy uh, I've tried to like actually pay, pay attention to my sugar intake a little bit and try and tone it down as I've gotten older because you know you gotta be responsible eventually but I'm trying to get paid I'm trying to get that cheddar to become a professional candy taste tester that's kind of been the, like being a video game tester and a can like a, and a food tester have got to be two of the best jobs in existence ever in the history of the world and that's I got a perfect opportunity right here. I should just sign up. Maybe I get a full career out of it. Who knows? Ditch this podcast thing. Not like I'm making any money out of it, but ditch this podcast thing and become a candy tester. That would be the absolute dream. That would be the real dream. But I think that's all I have for you. I think that concludes this week's episode of the Procrastinated Podcast. I hope you have enjoyed watching. 
I have enjoyed talking to you. This episode has actually flown by, in my opinion. Uh, it's been very entertaining, I think. Maybe not. Hopefully you learned a little bit. That was kind of my goal for this week. Give you a little bit of information about the Beatles, about uh, the Baltimore Colts, about Bigfoot, about whatever else you may have learned from this episode, about my own breakup and how it went so well. Thank you, Jackie. That was incredible. I can't believe it. It's really like God smiled upon me. I, it's incredible. But like I said, I don't have any much more to add. As per usual, I've been your host, Matthew B. Stein. You've been fantastic. And I will see you in next week's episode of the Procrastinated Podcast. Remember to subscribe, turn on notifications, follow me on Instagram, comment under this video, like it, do all that stuff, share it. That's a big one. And I will see you next week, next Tuesday, same time, same place. Peace out, y'all. Have a good week.